Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is brought to you by BetQL. BetQL is your home for info that you need to make yourself a smarter, better. NBA, college basketball, and the NHL, they've got you covered. Just go to BetQL.com, promo code SGP30. That's BetQL.com, promo code SGP30 for 30% off. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is the home for the avid sports better, providing insights, analysis, and free betting picks from cappers and betters, including the crew from the SGPN. Better Than Vegas, it's like YouTube for sports betting. Check out all their free videos at betterthan.vegas. That's betterthan.vegas. We're also brought to you in part by Better Edge. Better Edge is a stock exchange for sports bets, allowing you to buy and sell betting positions like the stock market. The best part is it allows you to bet with no VIG. That's right, no VIG, and it's legal in 40 states. Sign up at betteredge.com, promo code SGP for a free $10 bet. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com, promo code SGP. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Yes, indeed. Still riding high off a Super Bowl 55 win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Welcome back in to the only digital radio show that is devoted to those underdogs, the ones that aren't supposed to get it done, that have less of a chance. Uh, How about my Tampa Bay Buccaneers qualifying as an outstanding, phenomenal, all-time underdog winning yet again, this time as the Super Bowl underdog over the Kansas City Chiefs decisively in blowout fashion I can't wait to talk much more about it as this show unfolds. However you found us through a social media link, uh, maybe you found us through sportsgamblingpodcast.com, their network of shows. Uh, Again, subscribe to us. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, subscribe. Three Dog Thursday comes automatically to you. We're not going anywhere now that the football season's over. College basketball will be a big part of what we're doing. Subscribe. You get the show. And again, we thank you for finding us however you did. By the way, kudos to our man Ryan Kramer last week on this very show who was red hot with the underdogs, with the props uh, on on the uh, different angles of the Buccaneer bet. Uh, As he said, uh, you could juice the lineup and lay the points two and a half for the Buccaneers instead of getting the three and get much more for your money. Absolutely. And he said, hey, put the money down at the same time on Tom Brady to win the MVP, and you're essentially going to get about a 2.8 to 1 return on your dollar. He was absolutely right. Ryan Kramer giving you advice from the Sports Gambling Podcast last week on Three Dog Thursday to take Ronald Jones to be the uh, the player that gets 50 yards or more rushing and the Buccaneers win the game at 5-1 to one odds. Ding! Both of those things happened in Super Bowl 55 against the Chiefs. He said, looking at Dominican Sue, 6-1 to one to get a sack. Uh, Sue looking to, to, to win a ring for the first time in his career. Sue got two sacks of Patrick Mahomes in that game. So again, Ryan Kramer, we bow, we bow to you, Ryan Kramer, for the job. We give you the applause for the job that you did last week on the show. Check out those sports gambling podcast guys, he and Sean Green, Colby Dan, all the guys on the SGP network. Love, uh, love having them on. And again, we were rolling for the Super Bowl, and man, were the Bucks rolling. Was Tom Brady fantastic or what? 
uh, in that Super Bowl. Uh, became the first quarterback ever in 55 Super Bowls to complete 80% or more of his passes in a half and throw three touchdowns. Let me say again, never before from Peyton Manning or Brett Favre or Drew Brees or Joe Montana or Troy Aikman or Steve Young or go all the way back to Terry Bradshaw, any of them. Uh, Phil Simms had a phenomenal Super Bowl in 1986 for the Giants, but he did not complete 80% of the passes in a half and throw three touchdowns. That's what Brady did the first half the other night. And for look, for all of the belly aching about the officiating in the second quarter, the officiating didn't decide this game. And, and by the way, the calls, I was right there in the operational zone, the front row of Raymond James Stadium. It was a privilege to be there and work the game on Buccaneers Radio. The calls were legit calls. The pass interference calls on, on Mike Evans by the Chiefs' defense, that's the number one receiver on the Buccaneers being interfered with two different times. When the Chiefs lined up offside by a yard on the field goal attempt trying to block it, that's offsides. When Frank Clark, the defensive lineman, stupidly takes a swing at Ryan Jensen in the pushing and shoving, that's a personal foul. What, what is Tyran Matthew doing running over taunting Tom Brady and sticking his finger in his face? You're going to get called for that. Brady's the greatest of all time. You're riling up the GOAT. Just stupid on on Kansas City's part. and The refs are not the reason why the Chiefs only scored nine points. They only scored nine points because Todd Bowles, the Bucs' defensive coordinator, switched up the game plan. And that front four with Vita Vea in the middle, if I did one interview, I did 57 of them talking about Vita Vea before this game being for the Buccaneer defensive line and in there off the broken leg when he didn't play the first game in, in November and the push up the middle and taking up the double teams was going to be a disaster for Kansas City. And sure enough, it was. And for Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy to not adjust and bring in an extra blocker, an extra lineman, an extra tight end, over and over again, asking their five guys to try to handle Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, Sue, Vea, it wasn't going to work. Patrick Mahomes ran around the Raymond James Stadium turf like he was playing backyard football. It was, uh, it was bad. They had no offensive punch. And the Buccaneers rolled the Chiefs. Kudos to them. Super Bowl 55 champions and what a six months it caps off for Tampa Bay sports fan. Full full disclosure, you're going to hear in a little bit, we're going to hear on our YouTube roundtable from two of my broadcast colleagues that have Tampa ties. At the time that we taped that for Three Dog Thursday, I had not gone down to the boat parade in downtown Tampa with thousands and thousands and thousands of others. Uh, there and, and many of them on boats in and around the flotilla. What a great scene on a sunny February day that was 83 degrees in Tampa, in downtown Tampa, to watch Tom Brady on the back of the boat in an orange T-shirt celebrating with the Bucks after leaving the New England Patriots. And many saying that he was washed up and making a mistake and blah, blah, blah. They just didn't understand. The Bucks were ready to win. And Brady was the right tonic. And for all time, the first team to ever do this in their home stadium in a Super Bowl is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to not only host it, but win it. And it's Tom Brady, who is a first ballot unanimous Hall of Famer, who leads them in his first year with the Bucs. Peyton Manning couldn't do that in Denver, even though they got to the Super Bowl. They didn't win it. The Seahawks blew them out. Even though Joe Montana got to the AFC title game with the Chiefs, the Bills roughed them up and beat them. To go to your new team like Brady did and win four playoff games, three of them on the road, and now the trend, we love trends. We're all about it on Three Dog Thursday. 
the 05 Steelers, the 07 Giants, and the 2010 Green Bay Packers all won three road games in the playoffs and all won the Super Bowl. Make the Bucks four for four in the 2000s. Incredible what Brady and his team accomplished, that defense accomplished. Great job by Todd Bowles with the scheme, roughing up the receivers. I mean, Tyreek Hill, no factor. No backflips for him in the Super Bowl after he embarrassed the Buccaneers with 200 yards receiving in the first quarter of the first meeting and, and it was really no factor in this game. So we're going to talk so much about it. Our uh, our senior handicapper, MajorWager.com and Vegas insider Brian Edwards is straight ahead. He'll have his thoughts on the Super Bowl and all that happened. YouTube roundtable with Mark Ennis of ESPN Louisville, the afternoon host of the sports radio host in Louisville. He is an icon in that market. He's got the program of record in that market. Vince Ferrara with the Sports Animal, 99.1 FM in Knoxville. He's a Tampa guy as well. Ennis a Tampa guy. Vince a Tampa guy. We're going to talk much more about the Bucks. You know why? Because the Buccaneers won the whole thing. And ESPN's going to do a 30 for 30 on Brady leaving the Patriots and coming to the Bucks and winning the Super Bowl. Guaranteed on what happened in these playoffs. They're going to be talking about this for 15 years, 25 years in the NFL because of how it all lined up. And you best believe that the New England fans are going to continue continue to sour, show hate, and be the ex, be the ex-girlfriend, the ex-wife on Tom Brady, especially if he succeeds again into 2021 in a new season and New England still struggling. I mean, the classy Patriot fans will get it. But there's far many more of them that are morons and jokes that that will instead bash Tom Brady because he went somewhere else because Tommy could have still helped the Patriots. Well, guess what? Tommy didn't want any more of Belichick in the Patriot way, obviously, and wanted to play somewhere else and chose the Buccaneers, and my Lord, did it work out, and my Lord, am I thrilled about all of it. Again, it was a privilege to be down there. Uh, pre-game, during the game, and after the game, I was the only Tampa Bay media member that was allowed to be down there. They had national people, obviously, from CBS, Tracy Wolfson, Evan Washburn. Tony Baselli and Laura Oakman were down there for uh, for uh, Westwood One's national radio coverage. I, I I got the privilege of being down there, and it was it's, it's something, it's a professional dream to work a world championship broadcast and interview the players after the game. We couldn't go on the field. Normally, you have mayhem of reporters everywhere on the field with confetti falling in the interviews. Just didn't happen. They have to do it socially distanced on Zoom. I got the privilege on the radio of being down there and being close and being able to talk to Levante David, the Buccaneer linebacker, Leonard Fournette, Thank you again, Jacksonville Jaguars, for giving away Leonard Fournette on waivers, who only scored a touchdown in every postseason game. He has now set a postseason record that can never be topped unless you expand the playoffs to five games and somebody wins five games and everybody scores a touchdown, player scores a touchdown in all five games. Fournette, all four games, gets a touchdown, gets a touchdown in the Super Bowl, really the clinching run, the 27-yard touchdown run to make the game 28-9. to over 100 yards from scrimmage. Great story. I got to interview him after the game. Some scene. Brady with his family. Bruce Arians, who's phenomenal. Phenomenal to deal with. Off the air. Great for him. A football lifer. He gets the Lombardi Trophy. The Bucks get their second one in the 2000s. Just uh, incredible to watch all of this unfold on Sunday night. So we're going to talk so much about it. Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com is about to be here straight ahead. YouTube roundtable coming up. Lots of college basketball from Brian later in the podcast, including underdogs. He's even got a UFC underdog for that fight card coming Saturday. 
We got all of that to get to. Let's do it. Let's get the insight. Let's get the analysis from my guest. I'll sprinkle in some more stuff. Uh, fresh off the boat parade at the time that I'm taping this segment, when you hear the YouTube roundtable, that was done earlier in the day on Thursday, uh, earlier in the day on Wednesday for Three Dog Thursday with Mark and with Vince. But it was some scene on the boat parade. I want to tell you so much more about the Bucks winning it and what it, and what it was like. Let's get it rolling right now on the show. Yes, indeed. He is ready to break it down with me now a little further. You've heard me go off about the Buccaneers Super Bowl 55 win as I continue to celebrate uh, here the Bucks second Super Bowl championship. Tom Brady, the MVP and a man that was all over the Bucs. Uh, as he has had a great postseason in the NFL with underdogs and the like, is Brian Edwards of MajorWager.com and Vegas Insider, our senior handicapper here on Three Dog Thursday, back again. I can't see you at the moment, but you're smiling ear to ear as I am. Uh, And full disclosure here uh, to the audience, at the time you and I are talking, I am fresh off of the boat parade Wednesday afternoon that the Lightning did or excuse me, the the, the uh, Bucks did replicating the lightning with a flotilla of boats down the Hillsborough River. Uh, it was something to go down there and behold. There were thousands. There were they were trying to socially distance Brian. There were thousands that were down there uh, to be part of this with Brady and Gronk and the Lombardi Trophy and Bruce Arians, the coach, on the boats down the Hillsborough River. So that has taken place. We're celebrating in Tampa Bay, and you were saying last week, Buccaneers, Buccaneers, Buccaneers. You loved it for uh, Three Dog Thursday purposes and gambling purposes. Congrats, and give me some thoughts on what you saw with the Bucks dismantling the Chiefs. Yeah, I just saw that Todd Bowles had a, a great plan. I saw Tom Brady just being Tom Brady, and I figured he would probably lean on Gronk a little more in this game just with the trust uh, through the years or, or a decade and change, and he did. And uh, just uh, – Incredible defensive effort. Um, obviously, KC missed their offensive tackles, and uh, Mahomes might have still been bothered by that toe a little bit, but w- whatever, man. It was just domination. I, I thought the Bucks would win, but I never in a million years saw it being such utter domination, and I certainly didn't see the, the prop for Kansas City to not score any touchdowns at 40-1 to cashing, but I haven't, I've heard of one person having – had Mahomes no touchdowns, which was 15 to one, but I haven't seen it reported that anybody uh, took the 40 to one odds for Casey to not score a touchdown, and understandably so. Wow, uh, and and sure, but by by the same token, you look at um, and I and I said this right before you came on. You look at how the Buccaneer defense had been coming on. You look at the fact that they're playing at home. Sure, it was unlikely that they were going to hold them without a touchdown. I didn't think that that was going to happen. I thought they would get something like 24, 27 points, uh, the Chiefs. But still, the Buck defense kept doing what it had been doing to New Orleans and to Green Bay. I want your thought on this. Kansas City just didn't adjust from what the Buccaneer front four did well in New Orleans and Green Bay. They didn't put an extra tight end to block, an extra tackle, an extra offensive lineman to block. Even as the game went on, when they were still in the game in the third quarter, they weren't putting extra blocking in. Isn't that on Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy for not adjusting to what the Buccaneers had been succeeding with? Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, they um, they did not call a good game, obviously. Um, obviously, uh, you know, as Andy Reid said, you know, after the game, it, you know, his heart bleeds for that, that tragedy, and uh, I know his head probably – uh, wasn't right, but um, yeah, they they made some mistakes, and 
And, and yeah, you, you you know you nailed it. I mean, they've been getting pressure on Aaron Rodgers. There's, there's a reason why Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees didn't play very well in those playoff games. And we see Taylor Heineke signing a, a contract. <laughs> Maybe we didn't realize how good Taylor Heineke is. I'm sure they were getting good pressure that game. Heineke was just doing his Michael Vick impression and just balling out, and he got him a contract. Good for him. Well, and, um, you know, keep in mind, the the Chiefs obviously uh, were tremendous. They had only lost, what, one uh, of their previous 26 games with Mahomes starting. He obviously didn't start the Week 16 game or the Week 17 game, the final game of the year, the 16th game, um, against the Chargers because it didn't matter. But, uh, man, and and what do you make uh, of all the talk here, because there has been so much of it, that uh, there's been a lot of whining, let's just say, about the officiating, especially in the second quarter. Losers whine about the officiating. They whine about the refs or the umpires or the line judge or the rules official or whomever. Nine points is nine points. That's what I said before you came on. They couldn't score. They couldn't block. But that's me saying it. Brian, your take on uh, certainly in the second period, the, the the Chiefs were melting down and the flags were everywhere. Yeah, you know, I I was rooting for Tampa Bay, so all the calls, they worked for me, but I was kind of taken aback as I just kind of scanned Twitter real quick, uh, you know, like it, during one of the commercials, and I was kind of like, wow, everybody on Twitter is just like, in a rage that there's just, just atrocious officiating going on. And I was like, really? I mean, a couple of bang, bang calls maybe, but I didn't, I was like, Oh, well, yeah. So I didn't, I didn't really think the officiating was that off, but maybe, I, maybe it was just going my way. I don't know. And certainly after the weekend did his halftime show and the second half started, the Chiefs had every opportunity to get back in that game, and the Bucks' defense stopped them from getting sure. in the end zone, held them to a field goal, drove right down their throat with a touchdown, uh, with Leonard Fournette hammering it in, and then intercepted Patrick Mahomes. None of that had anything to do with officiating at that point. Bucks just no. flat out outplayed them. Uh, I did see the one note. Uh, I, I heard this through uh, our buddy T.C. Martin's Vegas radio show, and I did see the one note on the Internet that it's something like over $30 million of the money that was on props involving Chiefs touchdowns with Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, as well as Chiefs point totals, the under that, that people just got cleaned out uh, in Vegas on the handle to the sports books to the tune of around $30 million because the Bucks kept them without touchdowns, plural, or even a touchdown. Brian, uh, what do you make of that real quick? Yeah. Um, now, wait, are you saying that people won that much on the lost. under? I would think that more people... Lost, Yeah, yes. I would, okay, that's what I figured. Yeah, I would think most people were on, like, all the player props over. Yes. Even I was the victim of Tyree Kill. I, I took his longest reception to be over, uh, I believe it was uh, 28 and a half or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I would... Yeah, I would figure that. I mean, you know, Kansas City's offense has been a juggernaut since Mahomes took over. I would figure that the books cleaned house on that. And, um, man, they're just lucky nobody took that 41. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, heck, heck uh, I know Mattress Mac in Texas uh, made the $2.2 million bet uh, through a mobile app, but there was a Vegas better at the window also 
uh, that made a two-plus million-dollar bet on the Buccaneers. Those guys cashed in, but apparently on Sunday there was a million-dollar bet at one of the books in Las Vegas, from what I heard, on the Chiefs and laying yep. the points, and that that evaporated very quickly. So again, the sports books did very well. Uh, with that. All right, a couple more here on this with the pro football. And again, Brian will be with us in the final segment as we talk college basketball. He always wants to squeeze in, and rightfully so, a UFC underdog if there is one. It is what we do on Three Dog Thursday, and we're going to be much more of a college basketball show. So after our YouTube roundtable, Brian's got some thoughts on college basketball and some games to watch the rest of this week and Saturday for possible underdogs. A couple more. Um, there is no guarantee here for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, of being able to get back or, or being able to win multiple ones. That's why it's so elusive to be able to go back-to-back, period. Only the New England Patriots in this century did it in 03 and 04. So what do you make of the conversation that it is going to be very difficult, as much as the Chiefs were devastating in the regular season again, to get back to the Super Bowl and try to do this again? And you can't just assume Patrick Mahomes is going to be there two or three or four more times. Examples again, Aaron Rodgers has been there once, never been back. Drew Brees there once, looks like he's going to likely retire, never been back. Uh, I mean, there are several quarterbacks. Dan Marino years ago. Dan Marino years ago got there once, never never came back. But, I mean, in in recent times, uh, Russell Wilson was there back-to-back years, hasn't been there now in six seasons. It's It's just not a given that you're going to be back in this game, much less multiple times. Your thoughts, Brian Edwards of MajorWager.com and Vegas Insider. Yeah, it's never a given you get back. That's why you always got to live in the moment and take advantage of your opportunities, whether it's any sport, college, pro. It's never, ever a given that you'll be back. I'm sure when Dan Marino walked off that field, a loser to the 49ers in year two, of his career with the Dolphins, he figured he'd be back a half dozen times, and he never once got back there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I, they are, and by the way, they are the five to one favorites to win the Super Bowl uh, next year, and your Bucks are at ten to one. But um, yeah, it's never a given. Although I, I do like their chances with the uh, nucleus that they have. Uh, but again, as others have pointed out too, you, you have a blueprint now on how you can really make life difficult for this team, and they're going to have to adjust to that. If you can get pressure with your front four, disrupt their receivers, they're not the same offense. Now, you've got to have the personnel to do it. That point is well taken, and we'll talk more about that on our roundtable coming up with Mark Ennis in Louisville, Vince Ferrara in Knoxville, two of my Tampa guys that are going to gloat about the Bucks on uh, the roundtable. Uh, And again, one more time, I want your thought on this. For all of the conversation, and we had so much of it, Brian, last summer, June and July and August, can we play a football season? The college season played all the way through and played uh, into the postseason and finished on time with the college football playoff. Yes, there were a lot of games having to be made up, and conference championship Saturday had to be moved back a couple of weeks, but they got it done on the timeline. The NFL played all the way through and played every single game and played their playoffs on time. Bravo, again, to the college powers that be, Bravo to Roger Goodell and the NFL because in the face of some who were saying, you shouldn't be doing this or, oh, we can't do this safely, they did it and they did it on their timeline and without any serious illnesses, hospitalizations or worse, especially in the NFL, they kept their timeline and we made it all the way through the Super Bowl. That's to be applauded. We can't talk about that enough after all the uncertainty, correct? Absolutely. Um, Now, did, did it surprise me? No, I knew the 
if the NFL would muscle through. There was too much uh, money at stake, but they do have to be given a lot of credit. You know, every time there was, you know, one positive test, they would shut down an entire facility. You know, there were teams that, you know, had to practice virtually for three, right. four, four, sometimes five days in a row, et cetera. So, yeah, hats up to the NFL for getting it done, but it's not, it wasn't anything that, that shocked me. I, I knew they would power through and, and find a way, but they certainly deserve an applause for it. For and sure. there were games where Cam Newton couldn't play in the game against the Chiefs because he was positive for COVID-19. Yep. There were question marks. They delayed that game. They delayed the Ravens game, remember, an extra few days, canceled another game and moved it around on the schedule uh, because uh, Lamar Jackson and numerous teammates were positive. Remember, the Broncos had to play a game without a quarterback, but that was, as Jason yep. Cole pointed out last week, that was self-inflicted. Their quarterback sat in a meeting room on video in the facility without masks and 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 uh, and basically either infected each other or took each other down for contact tracing because of that. That's their own fault. So the NFL pushed through. They got all the games played. Uh, it was amazing for what happened this year. Brian, hang in there. Our YouTube roundtable is going to talk more about the Super Bowl. Brian will be back. College hoop underdogs and a UFC underdog coming in our final segment as we roll along. But first, let's talk more about our friends at BetQL with the Super Bowl over and done with. We're turning our attention now to college basketball, the NBA, the NHL. And if you want an inside edge for who the pros are backing, you need to check out BetQL. They've got algorithms that have simulated all kinds of different games, all the different angles, tons of sportsbook offers that they have on the site. Just go to the App Store or the Google Play Store, download the BetQL app and get the opportunity to go and play. And we're going to make it worth your while because if you enter the promo code SGP30, you'll get 30% off of your first subscription. That promo code again is SGP30 at betql.com. Get the edge. They've got you covered. They've got all the great info over at betql. It's betql.com, promo code SGP30. We are also brought to you in part by BetterThan.Vegas. It's an all-new, completely free website sharing thousands of handicapping videos. It's like YouTube, but it's for what the DGENs only care about. Of course, the DGENs only all part of the Sports Gambling Podcast, the network fleet of shows. The best part is you get to watch all the video picks from the Sports Gambling Podcast network crew and what they're posting exclusively over on BetterThan.Vegas. They cover all sports, the NFL, college football, college basketball, basketball nba will be here soon as well if the free video picks aren't enough they're giving away cash one thousand dollars to the handicapper that wins the most units and a thousand dollars to the handicapper that has the most followers make sure you subscribe on the sports gambling podcast network page sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash btv better than vegas btv sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash btv so you don't miss out on any of these videos head over to better than dot vegas that's better than dot vegas to see more we're also brought to you in part by better edge the stock exchange for sports bets that allows you to buy and sell betting positions live like the stock market and the best part is it allows you to bet with no vig since you're buying positions from other sports bettors and there is no house you can play for money in 40 states and they're doing weekly college basketball contests right now we're talking tons of hoops from here on out here on three dog thursday and on wednesday and saturday pay 10 bucks to enter and each user starts with a balance 
of $1,000 in edge coins to wager on the games. The player with the highest earnings takes the entire pool of entry fees. It's like a battle royal winner take all. Find the link under the competitions tab to get in for just 10 bucks. Sign up today at betteredge.com. Use our promo code SGP. Get that free $10 bet as well. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com. Promo code SGP. Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. Yes, the love fest is continuing for the Buccaneers Super Bowl win on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Great to be back in on the YouTube roundtable. And I've got not one, but two Tampa brothers from another mother to hear, that are here with me to talk all about the Buccaneer win over the Chiefs. Super Bowl 55, it's obviously the biggest, most dominant topic that we've had on this podcast and obviously in sports uh, really here for the last week to 10 days. Again, if you're only hearing us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, come find the YouTube roundtable and see my guys here. And let me introduce them uh, one at a time. From Knoxville, Tennessee, let's say hello to Vince Ferrara from the Sports Animal, the sports radio station. Vince, a Tampa native, smiling ear to ear if you're only listening to us. Although he's not in Buccaneer colors, he's in purple. Come see him on the YouTube roundtable. Vince Ferrara, (laughs) Buccaneers Super Bowl champions, brother. Welcome in. I appreciate it. Great to be with you and appreciate you hopping on our show and our station here in Knoxville to preview some of these uh, terrific Bucks performances in the playoffs and then yesterday to, to recap it as well. I'm happy to do that with any of my guys, including with Mark Ennis, who is the host of The Drive on 93.9 ESPN Louisville, another Tampa native and brother from another mother. And again, he is not in the Brady jersey that he's been wearing all through the playoffs. I guess it had to be in the laundry, but you're, you're geeked as well uh, about the Super Bowl 55 win. How are you, Mark Ennis? I'm, I'm doing great. It's a lot like when you get your kids sort of their favorite shirt. They want to wear it all the time, and eventually you have to sort of pry it off of them. That's pretty much what I did with the Brady jersey. This is I finally showered, finally took it off. I'm ready to go forward. But, man, uh, I, I couldn't have foreseen. It's the one outcome I just could not have foreseen. The, not that they would have won, but the way that that game went. I just couldn't. I didn't see it coming. All right, but you do have Super Bowl 55 paraphernalia courtesy of mom, right? You have something. Show this to the audience. Hold it. There it is. He's got the Super oh, Bowl. It's even got the, the seal or what, you know, the uh, <laughs> official there. It's, oh, I was ready, and I wore this thing out on game night, let me tell you. Uh, that is tremendous. Uh, okay, again, uh, we've been talking about this before you guys have come on. Let's look at what we saw on Sunday night. Again, guys, I was down there at field level. What a privilege to be down there at field level and watch Tom Brady and the Buccaneers doing things like what we're watching right now as he's firing to Antonio Brown. If you're not seeing us on the YouTube roundtable again, this was uh, wild, surreal, all of those things. Vince, you first, you were watching in Knoxville, grew up a long suffering Buccaneers fan and they got another championship on Sunday night. What are your thoughts? Well, more so than the score when the Bucks had the lead because it still took a while to register. All right, Kansas City is not what they typically are in this game. It took a while for that to really register for me, probably into the third quarter. And it when when 
Tampa Bay came out just as strong to start the second half as they were in the first half. That was an indication. Actually, a bigger indication might have been Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, and the Kansas City Chiefs not having the poison patience that really showed in that second quarter. And then Kansas City seemingly panicking in that second quarter, like they weren't going to have very many more possessions. That was some of the early indicators, but it really took me to the third quarter to where I was like, okay, the, we, we got to flush what our preconceived notions were prior to this game starting. This is the real deal. The line of scrimmage, the Brady factor, the incredible defense playing at its peak during the season in that Super Bowl. So it was, it was incredible, but really came down to the line of scrimmage the very little pressure on Brady has been has been documented with the numbers constant pressure on Mahomes who wasn't healthy but still running for what 475 yards behind the line of scrimmage something like that TJ just Incredible. ridiculous yeah all yeah, the, the next all- gen stats that you're talking about Mahomes ran over 400 and something yards right. backwards sideways i mean being chased the entire game just incredible uh to watch that all unfold mark ennis uh your thoughts here as as i'm going to put it back up on the screen we're watching more highlights but give me uh, give me some thoughts from you here on what we saw out of brady the bucks and in the defense in particular in this game yeah, I thought I thought you, the point you just made there, Vince, about the second quarter and the poise. Like the, the Chiefs, uh, to me, seemed agitated uh, for the, the almost this entire game. And Matthew, you know, calling for a pass interference on Gronk's second touchdown. You know, there's nobody anywhere near him. It was just sort of this uh, lining up, almost a full yard off sides. You know, that turned a field goal into a touchdown. Uh, and and the Bucks were very up at even keeled until they took control of the game. And I thought that when they got stopped on fourth and goal and then immediately just forced a punt and went right back down and scored, like, okay, we're going to get these points. That's what I, I felt like they took control of the game right there because they didn't panic. The Chiefs didn't have a gigantic play. I thought it was funny that Nance was trying to, like, almost jinx a 99-yard touchdown, you know, calling that because uh, there's never been one of those in the uh, 99-yard drive in the Super Bowl. And instead, they ended up a terrible punt after another penalty. Uh, and the Bucks were right back down there and score. And I thought that the Chiefs, the, the coaching, you know, they didn't try to even run the ball at all. Uh, the Bucks were hyper prepared for the screen game. I mean, how many times do we see Mahomes have to basically just so, uh, throw a screen at the feet of a running back or, or a tight right. end? The Bucks were just prepared for everything. Uh, and it, it was as laser focused kind of execution of a game plan as I've, I've seen in a long time. You hear the voice there of Mark Ennis, again, ESPN's afternoon radio host in Louisville, Vince Ferrara, also with me on the Three Dog Thursday podcast and YouTube roundtable from the Sports Animal in Knoxville. These two guys and I connected here, all three of us, as Tampa guys, even though they're displaced and they were going bonkers in front of the TV and the, and the, uh, the internet and all of that. Uh, the other night. So that's why it is a love fest. Sorry, folks, the Bucks have won the whole thing. We are gentlemen, I'm going to put a smile on your face on the YouTube show. We are the epicenter of pro sports in North America with the lightning Stanley cup win, the Rays world series. And now this, and I'm sporting the championship hat on here from super bowl. I'm turning sideways from super bowl 55 uh, here uh, and getting ready later today at the time that we're taping prior to three dog Thursday to go be down part of the boat parade. So it's a love fest and rightfully so uh, for the bucks. All right. Next subject, here on the round table that is uh this as we're seeing it on the screen 
Uh, Tom Brady and Bruce Arians embracing after this was over with Sunday night. Again, I had the privilege of being down there at field level watching all of that. What a moment. Arians coming out of retirement, uh, agreeing to coach the Bucs, Brady leaving the Patriots and coming to a new team. And it all comes together in the postseason. Uh, Mark, you first. What, what about, I mean, this is Hollywood stuff, and it really happened. Yeah, Hollywood stuff is right. There are so many narratives that are, they're almost saccharine, but they're true. Like they're, you know, they're real. And what I really like, there's confidence. All of these guys have a lot of confidence in themselves, but then together, this was a pretty uh, humble effort. You know, you guys, uh, I'm a striking out on my own Brady. I just want to be cared for. And you got stuff like Bruce Arians saying, sometimes I just let Brady coach, you know, <laughs> and, and things like that. You know, that the humility to sort of be like, all right, we're all going to do this sort of thing together here. Uh, it's very rare in the NFL, but when you get it, this is what you can accomplish. Vince Ferrara, your thoughts. I mean, we lived through, all of us guys, and anybody that's a Buccaneer fan, lived through Vinny Testaverde having struggles, and you move forward to Trent Dilfer, and then eventually you got it right with Brad Johnson at the helm, but there's been a lot of quarterback play since then. Chris Sims, Josh Freeman, Mike Glennon, Jameis Winston in interceptions, and now you end up with Tom Brady, and in the first season, you win the whole thing, Vince, as you know. And he picked you. He yes. picked the Bucks, which even adds to that movie-esque script that they went through. And you mentioned Vincenzo Testaverde. I remember being at old Tampa Bay Mall getting mistaken for Vinny Testaverde. Of course, <laughs> it wasn't a good thing at the time either. But he's uh, much taller and much richer than I was. But what do you do? Well, he threw a lot more interceptions than you too, though. This I remember I, I remember when I was a very little kid, that Fiesta Bowl where they, you know, he threw, the, what, five interceptions against Penn State? Mm -hmm. uh, and my dad, I, I had to have been maybe seven, six, seven years old. And I can remember my dad saying, my God, we're going to draft this guy. I will <laughs> never forget that as long as I live. And the Bucks did and gave him and a bunch did. of money and it didn't work out and had Jameis Winston and all the interceptions. Uh, Jameis did some things well, but way too many interceptions. But Vince, not to derail you, now you get Tom Brady. It's, I mean, it's almost, uh, again, three days later, you're still trying to say to yourself, this really happened. They just won four playoff games in January and February with Brady at the helm. It, it is incredible. And especially from what you went from, your starting point of Jameis Winston with not the exact same roster, but a nice chunk of the same roster, but you fix that position. I think it really highlights how important it is. Oh, by the way, you just happen to get the goat to replace Jameis Winston and all those interceptions, but the belief, the ability to draw people to him, making everybody better. And you guys, you had the photo TJ, which is perfect of Arians and Brady hugging. I think that was a developmental relationship. Bruce Arians seemingly really wanted to force feed what he did into Tom Brady. Now, I know there was a lack of practice. It was going to take time for Brady and all these new parts. But I think Bruce Arians finally figured out, hey, that's coach Tom Brady in addition to goat Tom Brady. And I think that was a big piece of them taking it to the next level. And thank goodness there wasn't any discussion or hangover beyond this to add drama about whether they're coming back or not. Both of them made that clear. I think it's a beautiful, a beautiful thing to not take away from the Bucks because then that would end up being a lead story. And we wouldn't talk about the Bucks as much if that drama would have hung over into the offseason. 
Good point. It also, for it, also, yeah, ahead, Mark. it also seems like pretty ob- pretty clear now at this point that Brady has the thing that, that Michael Jordan has, uh, that where people are just terrified of letting him down. You know, like the teammates, like I don't want to be the one who couldn't win with Brady, basically. And I, I remember the Last Dance uh, documentary, you know, Steve Kerr talks about when Jordan kicks it out to him, he buries that three to Barry Phoenix in that series. He's like, there's no way I was going to miss that three. Like Michael Jordan passed the ball to me in crunch time. I'm not missing that shot. And I, I think Brady does that to guys uh, on, on the team on offense and defense both. Well, TJ, real quick, Bruce Arians kind of outlined that. It might have been on Jimmy Kimmel where he was talking about something he tells the wide receivers, and they're like, yeah, okay, coach. And then Tom Brady told them the exact same thing. They're like, yes, okay, yes. <laughs> and they were ready to tune in and listening. And one more from, again, being able to be down there and get to do post-game interviews. Again, it was a thrill, a broadcasting thrill to be part of the Bucks radio broadcast and get to talk to Cameron Brate, Leonard Fournette after it was over, and Levante David uh, in that setting. And Levante David spoke about the speech before the game from Tom Brady to them about think about your families. This is for the rest of your life. Think about your teammates, integrity, honor. This is something you will be remembered for forever. Not just good enough to get to this game, but my Lord, from a guy that has won six of them, you want to win this game. And it obviously impressed uh, upon them. A few moments left here on the YouTube roundtable, kicking it around with Mark Ennis, again from 93.9 ESPN Louisville, Vince Ferrara, the sports animal, 99.1 FM in Knoxville. They're both Tampa guys. Yes, it's a Buccaneer love fest. But guess what? The Bucs are the champions. Um, and again, for all the talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, as we said earlier in the podcast, they were stuffed. Nine points, couldn't get it done. Uh, Brady and the offense did the same thing that they did to Green Bay, gave enough of a lead and turned it over to the defense, and the rest is history. And speaking of history, when you win the Super Bowl, we're going to share this on the screen as well for the YouTube uh, audience. When you win in the Super Bowl, you always get to have the uh, the obligatory, we're going to Disney World. <laughs> and so they've they've been running that ad as we look on the screen here, over and over again on TV, on the internet this week, Gronk was at Disney World on Monday. There are the guys screaming, we're going to Disney World uh, in the ad. We're going to watch it one more time, and then I have a hilarious TJ story from down at field level at Raymond James Stadium about 30 minutes or so after the game was over with and after the podium celebration. As Brady and Gronk guys were celebrating that, we'll now show it to the YouTube audience they were about five feet from me, and we're looking at the photo. Come find us on YouTube. They were five feet from me on the risers with the big boom mic yelling, we're going to Disney World over and over again. Mark and Vince, I almost wanted to jump over the wall and jump up on the riser with them and say, <laughs> can I come to Disney World with you? Uh, it was just neat uh, to be down there and to see all of that with the confetti. Um, what a night. What a night that we will not soon forget but how how cool how cool is that that the whole disney world thing happened gronk's already been there at the time that we're taping i think brady and the family were are, are either there or going to be there uh, after the boat parade uh, in and around here some it's something else in the aftermath to see those different guys celebrating 
Uh, Bruce Arians celebrating. We haven't mentioned Jason Light, who took a lot of criticism, the GM of the Buccaneers, but being able to put this team together, draft players like Tristan Wirfs, the first-round pick right tackle, who was phenomenal this year. Antoine Winfield, the son of the outstanding NFL DB, played fantastic. Those are Jason Light draft picks. Uh, guys like Chris Godwin, Ronald Jones, those are Jason Light Devin draft White. picks. Yeah. Yeah, Devin White is a G- another one. is a Jason Light pick. Leonard Fournette, they got him off the waiver wire. Can't say enough about what the front office, the coaching staff, the total package here. Guys, Mark, you first, then Vince. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, Peter Schrager on uh, Good Morning Football the, uh, a couple of days ago talked about what they were calling, Jason Light was calling Operation Shoeless Joe. And it was, if we build this team, we can convince Tom Brady to come. And they it, it does highlight for you just how important quarterback is. And that it, it was the defense. It was addressing the offensive line with works, like you mentioned. You know, they did a tremendous job putting a team together that was by far the most appealing to Brady and really was just missing him. Uh, and so, yeah, I think they deserve a ton of credit. And Todd, I would have been fine, by the way, if they'd made Todd Bowles the MVP uh, with this one. I mean, Brady had a great game. Like, don't get me wrong here. But the defensive game plan, execution, uh, the, the ability for – Yeah, I mean, Devin, I, I thought Travis Kelsey looked frustrated the entire game because he finally had linebackers that could run with him maybe the only time all year. Uh, all of that sort of thing. Anybody it's could incredible, have been If I can interject, it's incredible to sure. say this. He may have had the most inconsequential nine-catch game in a Super Bowl. He did have a couple of third downs, but you looked up and he got some of them in garbage time, two or three of them in the fourth quarter when yeah. the game was decided. But they were knocking the ball away from him over and over again. Uh, they were bodying him up. And the Chiefs couldn't get anything going. Tyreek Hill was completely frustrated, bodied up at the line of scrimmage. I mean, the Bucks laid out a blueprint, Vince, maybe for the future here, that if you have a physical defense, you can bother the Chiefs. You can get after Mahomes with a pass rush. Tyreek Hill is not a very big guy. It's it's now, now it can be told, it's well known. He doesn't run option routes very well and read defenses very well. He didn't know how to go get himself open on the fly by looking at the defense. That was obvious. And if Mahomes didn't have more than a second to let something develop, it was over the other night. How much do you credit Bowles for all of that, Vince, real quick? Well, big time. And, you know, the NFL is the CCL. It's the copycat league. So everyone else is going to be very aware of what the Bucs are able to do. Now, you have to have the dudes in order to execute that game plan, and the Bucs certainly did. Um, so, yeah, Todd Bowles, I, I would be would have been fine with somebody from the defense, even if you couldn't give it to the uh, coordinator, um, you know, Devin White, uh, Shaq Barrett. I mean, any of those guys, I would have been perfectly fine with getting that MVP. But uh, that, and that's why the lead was very important to the Bucks. Not that Kansas City, uh, on paper, couldn't come back, but because the Bucks are able defensively to pin their ears back and get after the quarterback and play from ahead, r- maintain their balance on offense, take away the balance from Kansas City. So just it played out perfectly. And, you know, it, it turns out that Kansas City not having their starting tackles and all the movement on the old line, it mattered, not just because they were missing, but because of the front seven they were going up against that could make them pay. So um, just an incredible performance all the all the way around. And, you know, the drops by Kelsey, he had one early and then Tyreek late. I think that was another indication of how frustrated they were just beautiful all the way around. And then your your moment, that photo. TJ, you talk about Brady telling the players it, it, that you will remember this forever. I mean, that's that's something that no one can take away from you. That's uh, that's really really cool. 
It is really cool stuff. And again, uh, for all the talk about Eric Bieniemy and whether he's going to be a head coach and, and Andy Reid and who really has all of the, the reins of the offense and the play calling, they never adjusted in the second half. Yeah. It was awful. They never adjusted for the lack of pass blocking with extra blockers. Uh, it was almost like we don't know what to do. And, uh, and that was hard to fathom, but that's exactly what happened. We got to get out of here in a moment or two on the YouTube roundtable. Let me promote again for my guys uh, here. You find Mark Ennis. Look at that mug right there uh, hanging out. Uh, the Drive in Louisville, 93.9 ESPN every afternoon. Uh, he has been blowing the Buccaneer bugle for about three days and counting now. I'm sure it will continue. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, again, Mark is right there on 93.9. Uh, theville.com is the site and 93.9 ESPN in Louisville. Vince Ferrara's in Knoxville, Tennessee. Follow him at Vince Sports. The Sports Animal is the uh, station Vince is on as part of their afternoon show this week. Does a lot of their multimedia stuff. Again, covers the Tennessee Vols. We had to be able to knock this out, Mark Ennis, uh, on the YouTube roundtable because Vince is at Tennessee basketball later on, so we had to get this done. I got to be at the boat parade. Vince is covering Vols basketball. If it happens with the Vols, he is all over it. Find Vince right there. And one more time for Mark Ennis. Follow him at Mark Ennis if you're only hearing his E-N-N-I-S. Follow Vince Ferrara at Vince Sports, S-P-O-R-T-S. Check them out on social media guys one more time the floor is yours mark first any final thoughts here on the youtube roundtable with the buccaneer win uh, i this was some of the best trash talk i've ever seen during and after uh between the antoine winfield you know uh, giving back the peace sign shaq barrett after the game said he told andrew wiley was forced to play right tackle for kansas city in this game that he was so bad that the chiefs were going to make him take a train home uh, you know, that sort of thing. Like the trash talk in this game was, was stellar, but they earned it. And, and I enjoyed every second of it. And I've enjoyed talking about it with you guys too. Mark, thank you. And Tom Brady, by the way, wasn't uh, wishing uh, Tyron Matthew a happy off season. There was a little trash talk <laughs> going there too. When Matthew, Matthew had been pointing. And again, I point this out. Matthew had been pointing at the Buccaneer bench and running his mouth in the first quarter of the game. I was right there guys in the operational zone. You don't go poke the greatest of all time with a stick and not think you're going to get it back on that point. One more time, Vince, final thought uh, from you here as we wrap it up on the YouTube roundtable, sir. Yeah, you guys were talking about how terrific the draft picks are, and that's something that I, I've been mentioning here locally also. It's not just that the players, some of these star players worked out. It's that they picked the right ones. I mean, look at the look at the offensive linemen that were on the table for the Bucks, but they went with Tristan Wirfs, and they made the, made the right move to go get him, and that's the case with a number of these players. So, it, it's that is so impressive and it's the foundation that they have built to be able to sustain moving forward. You know, Brady's going to be there. Okay. They're not going to be able to sign probably everybody that were on those one year deals. And, uh, and then Shaq Barrett, who, um, you know, you would imagine they'd sign to a long-term deal, but the foundation is there to continue this. And just so happy for my hometown, knowing what they have been through, through the years and the bucks, or have the best, the most wins in a Super Bowl while being undefeated in a Super Bowl tied with the Baltimore Ravens. They're 2-0. and Nobody with that many wins in the Super Bowl is undefeated. So just really happy for everybody. How about that? Yes, because you're pointing out that even though the 49ers, the Steelers, the Patriots have won them, they also have lost one. So your right. point is if you're undefeated, the Bucks have two, the Ravens have two, and have never lost one. Great point on that. Love me some Vince Ferrara. Love Mark Ennis. Thank you, boys, for hanging out on the YouTube roundtable. Congrats to the Bucks, the Super Bowl <laughs> champs. Boys, thank you. I appreciate Thanks, it. Guys.
My guy is, in fact, back senior handicapper, Vegas insider, MajorWager.com. Mr. Brian Edwards, who was rolling with those Buccaneers that we've been talking so much about here. My guys have done it. Uh, I love the stat from Vince Ferrara of uh, the Sports Animal, the FM radio station in Knoxville, that he said, Brian, uh, in the interim before you've come back on, that the Buccaneers, stay with me here, uh, join only the Baltimore Ravens as teams with multiple Super Bowls and without a loss in a Super Bowl. That for the Patriots, the Steelers, the Raiders, anybody else with multiple ones, the 49ers, they all have a loss. So there's some that have won more. New England, six. Steelers, uh, uh, what, six. The, the, uh, the 49ers, five, uh, and on and on. But uh, they all have losses. So the Bucks and the Ravens are the only ones right now with multiple ones without a loss. So that's just interesting on the, on the Nuggets. And Brady obviously gets a seventh one um, as well with all of that. So let's turn our attention now to college hoops. This show will become much more a college hoop show in the coming uh, weeks of February and March. Uh, the college basketball continues along. I know there's been some COVID pausing, uh, pausing of programs uh, for several weeks. Villanova went through it. Uh, Baylor currently going through it. Michigan has been going through it. They're about to play this weekend. We're getting some Florida. games. Yep, Florida Gators as well. Uh, we're getting some games now this week uh, in the midweek, and we're pointing towards the weekend. Just give me an overall thought or two. Uh, right now on the college game and where you want to go, and then we'll get into a couple of underdogs. Brian, what are your thoughts right now at this point, just a little bit into February uh, here on the college basketball season? What are you seeing? What do you think? Uh, I see some uh, some teams that you know are, are going cold. It looks like Alabama is kind of going cold. They barely survive uh, at South Carolina on Tuesday. Uh, after uh, you know taking two losses, Iowa's now lost four out of five. Um, Gonzaga and Baylor still uh, undefeated, but like you said, Baylor on pause. Gonzaga did survive probably their, or without a doubt, their toughest remaining regular season game at BYU the other night. Um, and obviously they'll get BYU uh, on probably on a neutral court uh, in the WCC tourney. But uh, you know, really, I, I, just because uh, Baylor and Gonzaga are undefeated. Um, that doesn't mean this tournament still isn't very wide open. I, I think it is. I, you know, normally I would say by this time of year I, I would have like a half dozen teams that I think can win it. But right now I would I would can't rule out probably like as many as a dozen teams as potential uh, teams with the capability of winning six in a row in March. All right, and again, uh, as we get into some underdogs, with the understanding we don't know the Wednesday results, Brian and I at the time that we're taping here, and you don't like really a Thursday underdog per se, correct, uh, for, for right. major college games. There are a bunch of Pac-12 and Mountain West games for Thursday. But some interesting games for Saturday and Sunday that I want your thoughts on. Where do you want to go with a college basketball underdog that will likely be? We don't have the lines in front of us, but a likely underdog, sure. let's say, for Saturday if you have one, Brian. Well, the, the two biggest secrets in college basketball this year are in the Missouri Valley, which, you know, back about 15 years ago, it, it would not be uh, unusual for the Missouri Valley to get two or three teams in the tournament. And uh, they, they have a great chance of getting at least two uh, this year, and they're going to play uh, at Drake on uh, Saturday and Sunday, and that is Loyola Chicago. Uh, which obviously went to the Final Four uh, uh, three years ago. They still got the who the guy was a true freshman center at the time, Cameron Crutwig, and they've got a uh, a hell of a team. Now Drake just lost 
uh, for the first time uh, all season long. They are 18-1 and one straight up, 14-3 and three against the spread, but they're in a 1-3 ATS slump and off their first defeat. Uh, whereas Loyola Chicago is 17 and three straight up, 12 five and one against the spread. They have uh, won 10 in a row and have covered uh, at a 10 one and one ATS clip in their last 12. I'm thinking Drake is going to be a short favorite at home on Saturday, and I'm, I'm just talking about the Saturday game. I, I just think uh, Loyola Chicago and the Ramblers are in better form right now, and, and if they're getting three or four or more, hopefully. Uh, I'll be on Loyola Chicago as an underdog on Saturday. Now, if they win that game outright, I, I would think Drake would have a good chance of bouncing back. So I'm just talking about the Saturday game. Yeah, and fascinating. Again, the Valley is doing this. There are several conferences that are saying, hey, if you're already there, play twice. Uh, and they did that last weekend, and that's where Drake beat Valparaiso at Valpo on Saturday, but then Valpo turned around and beat him by double figures 24 hours later. So this is the same thing with uh, with Drake and Loyola Chicago playing both games in Des Moines, Iowa, at Drake's home court Saturday and Sunday, and you're emphasizing again the Saturday underdog play is Loyola of Chicago, that you like that one. A couple of other games I'm interested in. Uh, Louisville beat Virginia Tech earlier in the year. Uh, the Cardinals, again, have had some COVID-19 issues. They're playing at Virginia Tech, at Blacksburg, also noon Saturday, just like the Loyola-Chicago-Drake game. I might be interested in Louisville here, and and you believe Louisville will likely be probably at least a three- or four-point doggy there. I like Louisville to maybe win that game. Uh, yeah, I would, I would th- that those teams are power-rated, very similar, uh, maybe a slight edge to Vitek. But, yeah, I, I don't think Virginia Tech would be favored by more than four. I, I would say it would probably be three and a half to four would, would be my guess. Very interesting Big East game. Uh, Villanova at Creighton Saturday afternoon. Villanova higher ranked, seven and one in the conference. Creighton, how about this, Has because Villanova was on pause, is 11 and four in the Big East. So you've got one team that's played eight conference games, Villanova, on the road at Omaha, Nebraska, playing Creighton, who's played 15 conference games. And more than likely, Creighton might be a short home underdog here to Villanova. Maybe. That's me saying that. Brian, uh, would, you, would you maybe have Villanova a one- or two-point favorite on the road? I probably would, especially as Creighton is kind of slumped here lately. Now, they snapped out of it uh, Tuesday night with a win uh, at Georgetown, but they had lost, it was a revenge game. They had lost at home to Georgetown as a 14-point favorite uh, last week, and they're, they're mired in a 2-6 and six ATS slump. So I don't think McDermott's team is in top form right now. Um, so, it, it, you know, if I was the house taking the bets, I, I think I would. I, I know Creighton's very tough to beat in Omaha, but Georgetown just did it last week, and they're not having a very good season in year three under Patrick Ewing. So I, I would, if I were the book, I would make uh, Villanova the short favorite in that one. All right, very good. And we were supposed to get Texas Tech and Baylor, but again, Baylor on pause, so that game is not being played this weekend. It'll be made up. Uh, Texas Tech beaten on Tuesday night by West Virginia, who completes the sweep. West Virginia beating them in Lubbock. Chris Beard losing his mind, the Texas Tech coach, and getting thrown out. You saw that epic uh, rant at the officials where he even laid down on the floor and pretended like he was one of his players trying to call timeout, being very demonstrative, got himself thrown out. So the Red Raiders lose. Uh, and West, the fist bump for Huggy Bear. He got ejected, <laughs> got ejected cool went over and fist bumped Bob Huggins. I love it. 
and, and anyway, for Huggins and company, they come back home after that to now play Oklahoma in an early game at the Jerry West Coliseum uh, in Morgantown. That one will be interesting. And Oklahoma more than likely to get like four or five points if you like the Sooners in that one against West Virginia. So very interesting, though, where we don't have Texas Tech Baylor that we were supposed to have. And Baylor, Baylor is going to be off at least through the middle of next week into the following weekend for right now to be able to make up games. Uh, should be a bit of a a scramble. Final moments or two uh, here with Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com, Vegas Insider. You always say to us uh, that you might have a UFC underdog. You do again for this weekend. Give me the details on uh, the MMA there on the Ultimate Fighting underdog that you like and why real quick. Yeah, UFC 258 in Vegas on Saturday night. I like Ian the Hurricane Heinish as a plus 190 underdog against Kelvin uh, Gastelum, who uh, it, it maybe is a little bit of a fear that Gastelum is in such desperation mode here. He has lost three fights uh, in a row, including a first-round submission his last time out. This is a guy that just fought Adesanya for the title like two years ago. But uh, he's just just because you have a sense of urgency doesn't guarantee success. And Heinish is on a roll right here. And uh, if, if you want to tell me on this one, uh, do me a favor, do yourself a favor, and just Google Ian Heinish and his article for the Players' Tribune. This guy was uh, in prison overseas and then transferred back and uh, was at Rikers Island, uh, was really worried he was about to get uh, shanked or murdered there, and uh, he got out, and uh, he has gone wow. sober, and he's made a life for himself in the UFC, and it's a pretty wild story, but 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 uplifting and, and good stuff. All right, so we'll keep an eye on that for Saturday in the UFC, and again, lots of college basketball. You're going to have all kinds of news, nuggets, previews. Tell them where they find you, social media, and more for all the info as we morph more into college basketball over the next six, seven weeks or so. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, you can uh, find all my picks at VegasInsider.com. Uh, my Twitter handle is at VegasBEdwards. Usually on big days like Saturday, I'll tweet out a lot of in-game and, and halftime uh, plays that I like. And you can also uh, find my content at MajorWager.com uh, and follow that Twitter account at MajorWagerUno, U-N-O. Yep, and some interesting Sunday games. You mentioned the second half of Loyola, Chicago, Drake, back-to-back games, back-to-back days. My Memphis Tigers are are in Houston. We don't know the result of Houston's game with USF. USF, who's not played a game in a month, South Florida in Tampa, hosting Houston midweek. Houston and Memphis and Michigan back off pause after three weeks to be playing at Wisconsin this weekend. We'll find out. Uh, all about what happens with the college hoops this weekend. Brian, thank you. Great stuff. Appreciate you. I appreciate also on our YouTube roundtable, Mark Ennis and Vince Ferrara with me. Go find it on YouTube as part of Three Dog Thursday. See what we look like as we were going on and on about the Buccaneers and the Super Bowl win. They're the champs. We're still the envy of everybody in North America with what the Tampa Bay area has had with the Lightning, the Rays in the World Series, and now the Buccaneers. All great stuff. For now, we're done. Remember, subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Find this automatically if you subscribe. And then on sportsgamblingpodcast.com and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of shows, you can find Three Dog Thursday as well. For now, we are done. Enjoy it all as everything unfolds uh, here this weekend. We're back next week here as part of Three Dog Thursday. Bye. 
It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope, it's Geico. Uh, Yeah, 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 that's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, giveth thou the berries. For 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. No, it's from Geico, because they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.